Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Christ ascending on high as we pick up in Psalm chapter 68, verse 17. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. And to some apostles and to some prophets and to some evangelists and to some pastor teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. Until we all come into the unity of faith, complete man, the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the measure, the stature, the fullness, the image of Christ. And so Paul quotes this. He has ascended on high. He led captivity captive. But To lead captivity captive, he went first of all in the lower parts of the earth to free those that were captive. You see, prior to the death of Jesus Christ, those Old Testament saints could not enter into the glory of heaven. It was necessary that their sins be put away, something that the sacrifices of the Old Testament could not do. It was impossible that their sins could be put away by the blood of bulls or goats. All of the Old Testament sacrifices only were pointing to the better way that God would provide when he sent his only begotten son to be a lamb. Offering, sin offering, a sacrifice for our sins. So we are redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold from our vain, empty life, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ who was slain as a lamb without spot or without blemish. So because the blood of bulls and goats could not put away sin but only speak of the better sacrifice which was to come, their sins were covered and they, when they died, were held by death in the grave in Sheol or in Hades, in hell. But hell prior to the death of Christ was separated into two compartments. One compartment was of suffering for the unbelievers. The other was a compartment of comfort by Abraham for those who were trusting in the promises of God and in the fulfillment of God's promise. Now these Old Testament men of faith all died in faith, not having received the promise. But seeing it afar off, they held on to it and they claimed that they were just strangers and pilgrims here and they were just journeying through looking for a city which hath foundation, whose maker and builder is God. Now when Jesus died, he descended into hell. He who has ascended is the one who first of all descended into the lower parts of the earth. And when he ascended, it is then that he led captivity captive. In the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 61, the prophecy concerning Christ, it said he is going to set at liberty those that are bound and open the prison doors to those that are bound. Set at liberty those that are chained, open the prison doors to those that are bound. Those that were bound by death, waiting with Abraham for the promise of God. When Jesus died, he descended into hell and he preached to those souls that were in prison. The glorious fulfillment of God's promise. The redemptive program is complete. The blood has been shed whereby your sins are now put away once and for all. 
And now with their sins put away, they can ascend on into the heavenly scene. So when he ascended, he led the captives from their captivity. And then he gave gifts unto men. That is within the church. He gave gifted men as apostles, as prophets, as evangelists, as pastor teachers for the perfecting of the saints. So Paul quotes this in Ephesians 4, and of course it just ties together a whole group of scriptures. Luke, the 16th chapter, Acts chapter 2, and Ephesians chapter 4, and the reference there in Peter where he went and preached to those souls in prison, and Isaiah 61. So you can look those up and find uh, them tied together. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. I love that. Oh, blessed be the Lord who daily just loads me down with the benefits of being his servant, benefits of walking with him. Oh, what benefits are mine in Christ Jesus, even the God of our salvation. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belongs the issues of death. Our times are actually in God's hands. It's appointed unto man once to die. And unto God the Lord belong the issues of death. But God shall wound the head of his enemies and the hairy scalp of such as those that go on still in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan and I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of your enemies and the tongue of the dogs in the same. They have seen thy goings, O God, even the goings of my God, my King, in the sanctuary. The singers went before the players on the instruments. And now here he is describing the worship of God in the sanctuary. You've seen the going of God in the sanctuary, and now he's going to describe a little bit. First of all, in the procession, the singers are in the front. Following them are those players of instruments, the cymbals, the trumpets, and all. Followed after them were the young girls playing on their timbrels. Bless ye God in the congregations, even the Lord from the fountain of Israel. So he, he sees now, and of course, you know, we've, we've come to sort of a stilted form of the worship of God. We gather together, we sit in pews, we sit in rows, we're regimented and all, and, and we, we come and we have sort of a lecture on the word of God. But but. I, I'm sure that there's an area for a, a diversity in our, in our worship. You know, where they were entering in even. Singers were in the front as they were entering, singing praises unto God, followed by the band playing their instruments, followed by the drill team. The young damsels with their timbrels as they were playing on the timbrels unto the Lord. When you go to uh, Jerusalem on Friday evening at the beginning of Sabbath, we always like to spend one Friday evening at the Western Wall as the people gather to worship the Lord on the Sabbath day. And really the excitement of the evening is when these young Jewish boys come down from the school, and, and they come down about four across, several rows of them, their arms over each other, and they come down chanting and dancing, sort of a 
you know, a little dance step and all, their arms around each other, and they're chanting. And, of course, this is the highlight of the evening when these kids come on down to worship the Lord there by the Western Wall. And, and they do this little dance step coming in, and uh, then as they get down by the wall, they start then their songs and, and their chants as they sort of get in a, a circle and they start dancing around the circle, various dances and all, unto the Lord. And then after about a half hour uh, of, of this kind of worship and praise, then they put their arms around each other and they dance back up the hill, chanting and singing their praises unto God as they go back up the hill. And, it, and it's a very moving, touching sight. And, and I think that this is exciting. I think there's a place for a more of a, a, a demonstrative worship unto God. You know, we're coming into the sanctuary to worship him. Oh, it should be an exciting experience. Enter into his courts with thanksgiving, or into his presence with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. You see people gathering, you know, and they're honking their horns and get out of my way, you know, I'm going to church, you know, all the day. <laughs> and by the time we get here, we really need it. Rather than coming in with a joyful heart, a heart that's overflowing with praises unto God in anticipation of worshiping him. Now he looks at the congregation that's assembled and, oh, there's little Benjamin with their ruler, the small tribe of Benjamin over there. And, and there they are in their place with their ruler. And there are the princes of Judah and their council. And there are the princes of Zebulun, and there are over, there, over there are the princes of Naphtali. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which you have wrought for us. Because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring their presence unto thee. This, of course, is again looking forward to the kingdom age, when the kings of the earth come and offer their presence unto Christ. Rebuke the company of spearmen, the multitude of the bulls, with the calves of the people, till every one submit himself with pieces of silver. Scatter thou the people that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall stretch out her hands unto God. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth, the glorious kingdom age. O sing praises unto the Lord. To him that rideth upon the heaven of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice ascribes strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel. His strength is in the clouds. O God, thou art awesome out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. So the glorious worship of God in the kingdom age. It's going to be exciting. The singers coming in, the instruments, the girls with their timbrels and all and the congregation as they rise to worship the Lord. The 69th Psalm is a messianic psalm. That is, it is a psalm of prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. And there are many scriptures within the psalm here that make reference to Jesus Christ. Save me, O God, for the waters are come into my soul. I sink deep in deep mire. Where there is no standing, I am come into deep waters where the floods overflow me. I am weary of my crying. My throat is dried. My eyes fail while I wait for God. They that hate me without cause are more than the hairs of my head. 
They that would destroy me, being my enemies wrongfully, are mighty. Then I restored that which I took not away. O God, thou knowest my foolishness and my sins are not hid from thee. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel, because for thy sake I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. Again, referring to Christ, for God's sake he bore the reproach. Shame covered his face. I am become a stranger to my brethren and an alien to my mother's children. It said that his brothers did not believe in him. They thought he was crazy, actually. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. You remember when Jesus went into the temple and he saw them making merchandise and he took and made a scourge, a whip, and he began to drive out the money changers and those that were selling doves and said, get out of here. You've made my father's house a den of thieves. And then they remembered the scripture that was written of him that said, the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. The zeal for the house of God, just it ate him up when he saw the terrible things that were being done in the house of God in the name of God. I wonder what would be his reaction today if he should come and visit some of the bingo parties and other functions that have been devised to make money for the church. The zeal of mine house hath eaten me up. The reproaches of them that reproach thee fell upon me. When I wept and chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garment. I became a proverb to them. They that sit in the gate speak against me. And I was the song of drunkards. He is still the song of drunkards. The blasphemy when a person becomes intoxicated so often. But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. Some believe that this is actually the prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. Deliver me out of the mire and let me not sink. Let me be delivered from them that hate me and out of the deep waters. You remember he said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Let not the water flood overflow me, neither let the deep swallow me up, and let not the pit shut her mouth upon me. Hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Hear me speedily. Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it. Deliver me because of mine enemies, for thou hast known my reproach and my shame and my dishonor. Mine adversaries are all before thee. Reproach hath broken my heart, and I am full of heaviness. The fact that when Jesus was pierced with a sword, there came forth blood and water indicates actually that his death was by a heart rupture. The fact that there was water that came forth with the blood indicates death by heart rupture. They broke reproach, he said, hath broken my heart. I am full of heaviness. Uh, also, there is something to that bloody sweat that indicates much the same. And I looked for some to take pity. You remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, 
And in great heaviness, he sweat as it were great drops of blood flowing to the ground. And I looked for some to take pity. You remember he came back to his disciples. But they were sleeping. I looked for some to take pity. But there was none. For comforters, I found none. Oh, Peter, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. I looked for someone to have pity. I looked for comforters, but I found none. They gave me gall for my meat, and in my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. You remember that when Jesus cried, I thirst, someone took a sponge and filled it with vinegar and put it to his lips. Let their table become a snare before them. And that which should have been for their welfare, let it become a trap. Paul quotes this in Romans, the 11th chapter, concerning Israel. Let their eyes be darkened that they see not, and make their loins to continually shake the judgment that should come upon the Jews for the rejection of Jesus. Pour out thy indignation upon them, and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. Let their habitation be desolate. Now, in the first chapter of Acts, Peter quotes this as referring to Judas Iscariot. And he puts it together with another psalm, let their habitation be desolate, and let another take his bishopric. And so this is quoted concerning Judas Iscariot by Peter in Acts chapter 1. And let none dwell in their tents. For they persecute him whom you have smitten, and they talk to the grief of those whom you have wounded. Add iniquity unto their iniquity, and let them not come into thy righteousness. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living, and not be written with the righteous. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy salvation, O God, set me up on high. I will praise the name of God with a song, and I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or a bullock that hath horns and hoofs. The humble shall see this and be glad, and your heart shall live that seek God. For the Lord heareth the poor and despise not the prisoners. Let the heaven and the earth praise him, and the seas, and everything that moves therein. For God will save Zion and build the cities of Judah, that they may dwell there and have it in possession. The seed also of his servants shall inherit it, and they that love his name shall dwell therein. The 70th Psalm, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. I can identify with that prayer. God seems to move so slowly at times when I'm in trouble. And I want God to hurry. Make haste, O God, to help me. Let them be ashamed and confounded that seek after my soul. Let them be turned backward and put to confusion that desire my hurt. Let them be turned back for a reward of their shame that say, aha, aha. Now, there's something real mean and dirty about that. I don't know what it is. But all the way through the Bible where these phrase, the phrase aha, aha is used, it's always in a very derogatory sense. It's, it's just really about the meanest thing you could have said, you know. Aha, aha. I've had them say aha to me before, you know, but... And it doesn't feel good. It's more or less like, I told you so. Look what's happening. Aha, aha, you know. Sort of gloating over the problems that you're facing. 
Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee, and let such as love thy salvation say continually, let God be magnified. That's a phrase that we should be using more. We say praise the Lord and, and all, but there is a phrase that should be on the lips of God's people. Those that love his salvation, let them say continually, let God be magnified. Now, you should add that to your spiritual jargon list. Let God be magnified. Let's say it. Let God be magnified. All right, that sounds good. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make no tearing. So he begins the psalm with hurry up God and ends it with hurry up God. Don't tarry. Let's get on the help here and get on with the help for me. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Psalms on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 68 through 70 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord enrich you in all good things in Christ Jesus. May he fill you with the knowledge of his love and his grace. And may you walk in fellowship with him through the week. And may the Lord continue his work in your life as he draws you unto himself, as he cleanses you through his word, as he fits you and prepares you for that work that he would have you to do and touching the needy world around you. God bless you. God strengthen you and keep you ever in his love and in his will. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. What does the future hold? Is the end of time really near? When will the church be raptured? What is the rapture? Will we see the Antichrist? What about the Great Tribulation? Join Pastor Chuck Smith as he answers these and many more questions about the end times in his exciting book, Final Act. 
Now available in hardcover, Pastor Chuck gives great insight into man's final days here on earth. Joe Rosenberg calls Final Act a powerful, provocative end times primer. Tim LaHaye states this unique and dramatic treatment is both true to scripture and practical. Read about this exciting drama and get answers to your questions on world wars, the Antichrist, the Great Tribulation, the Second Coming, and more. For more information on how to order your copy, visit us online at thewordfortoday.org or call toll-free at 1-800-272-WORD. That's 1-800-272-9673.